being happy and safe and comfortable and healthy, successful, known, and I think probably have something to do with being in love, right? If we're honest. But here's my question for you. What if God has a different plan? What if God's plan is not exactly like your plan? These are our friends, Brad and Shallon Gray. Um, I would say these are some of Ben and I's very best friends in the whole world. And the other night, about three weeks ago, I was getting dinner ready, and Ben got a phone call from Brad. And so they're talking, and I'm kind of running around, and the more they talk, the more I realized the conversation was really serious. And pretty soon I was convinced that by the time Ben hung up the phone, I was not going to want to know what they had talked about. So sure enough, Ben gets off the phone, and we sit down to dinner, and he says to me, Brad and Shallon are moving away, far away. Now, here's the thing. They don't know why they're moving. They don't have a new job lined up. They don't have a new mission or a new purpose. All they know is that God very clearly over the course of the last several weeks has told them to go, and he's told them very clearly to go to Nashville. Like, we wish it was a little closer to where we live in Holland, but they're going to Nashville, and they don't know why. But they're just going. And so Brad and Shallon and their four kids are going to leave a job that they love and a house that they love and a community of people that they love and West Michigan, which they love. And they're going to go and do this crazy thing in just a few weeks. And they don't know why, except that God said to go. So I was laying in bed that night and seriously through my tears. This was like heartbreaking news for us. It occurred to me that their story had everything to do with the story that we're going to talk about tonight. Brad and Shallon are about to do something really crazy. They're going to go just because God said to go. And my question is, why? Why are they going to do this? And I think the story we're going to look at tonight will help us answer that question. So would you pray with me? God, we've come from all different places. Our hearts are in all different places as we come here tonight. Some of us are full. Some of us are hurting. Some of us us are filled with joy. But we all wonder about our lives and the plan that you might have. So God, I pray that you would meet us here. Would your spirit speak? Would your word speak? Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, if you haven't been with us, I'll just kind of fill you in. We're walking this semester through the book of Hebrews, actually chapter 11 of Hebrews, which we sometimes call the Hall of Faith. And what it does is it tells all these great stories of the, he- of the heroes of the Old Testament and why their faith was so amazing. And so to get us kind of into Hebrews 11 tonight, I'm going to ask Tanner to come on up. And he is going to share with us, Tanner Rubin, ladies and gentlemen, come on up. Uh, yeah, come on. Tanner's going to share with us a little portion of Hebrews 11 that's going to clue us in on our story for tonight. All right, cool. This is Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Tanner. 
There's a bunch of action words in that passage. Did you hear any of them? Did any of them stick out to you? Abraham obeyed. Abraham went. Abraham was called to go to a place that he did not know. He lived in tents. And one that caught my attention is that he was looking forward. I thought that was really interesting. We're going to dive into his story a little bit tonight to figure out what is Hebrews getting at when it says that Abraham had this great faith. So turn back to the beginning of your Bible to Genesis chapter 12. Now I want to point something out to you right away. In Hebrews 11, you heard his name Abraham. In Genesis 12, you're going to hear it Abram. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but I just want to explain that now because you're hearing his name two different ways, Abraham and Abram. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and Ben would be glad to bring you one. Anyone else need a Bible? A few. Do you guys want to maybe bring several down? That would be great. Okay, turn to Genesis 12. We're going to start, we're just going to look at a few verses, but we're going to start with verse 1, and I just want to show you a few things. So look at verse 1 of Genesis 12 with me, and this is what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. God is asking Abram to leave three things, technically. In the Hebrew, it literally translates to three things. Land, family, or relatives, and your father's household. I want to teach you a Hebrew phrase tonight. Is that okay? The Hebrew phrase is lech lecha. You have to practice your so everybody do that. Get it out. There you go. Okay. So the Hebrew phrase in this text is lech lecha. Give it a shot. Lech lecha. Okay, when God says go, go forth, that phrase go forth in the Hebrew is literally lech lecha. And it literally translates like go walk yourself. Go take yourself. This is God's command to Abraham. But he asks him to leave three things. Land, family, father's household. I want to explain to you tonight that that is a really big deal. Because in the ancient culture... Everything was built around two things, land and family. Now, here's the problem. We don't really understand this in our culture because we don't function this way, right? So if I tell you that in the ancient culture, the land meant everything. If you were a farmer or a herdsman, it was your livelihood. If you lived in the city, it was your political identity. Woe to you if you lose your family's land. It was a big deal. But you guys, we don't function this way, right? Ben and I have been married for nine years. We've lived in six houses, two countries, two different states, four cities, right? We don't know anything about the land mattering. Raise your hand if you live or your family lives on land that you've owned for generations. Anyone? Very few. Very cool, by the way. But only a couple of you. Our culture doesn't understand this, but to Abraham and his culture... The land meant everything. Never, ever, ever lose your land. Do you notice that we're still fighting over land in the Middle East today? Interesting. The second thing he asks asks him to leave uh, is his family and his father's household. 
being part of your descendants, having an heir to pass on the family name and the family land and everything the family represented was a really big deal and Abram at the time had no descendants. Being identified as a member of your father's house was everything. You guys, it was your identity, your security, your purpose, your community. It meant everything. We don't know much about that because I want you to raise your hand if you plan to move back into your family's house and live there for the rest of your life. Anybody? Not so much, right? Not so much. This is not how our culture works. So when we hear God say, lech lecha, to Abraham or Abram in Genesis chapter 12, we don't understand. When he's asked to leave land and family and your father's household, this means God is saying to Abram, I want you to go to a place that you don't even know yet, and I want you to leave everything behind that matters to you. Everything that makes you safe, everything that makes you secure, everything that gives you purpose. And I just want you to go. It's a really big deal. Go back to Genesis 12 and look at verse 2. I want to read a couple of verses because when God asks him to do this, he makes him a lot of promises, and they're pretty cool. So follow along with me, starting in verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's a lot of promises. I would even say that last one is a really big promise. Abram, if you go, if you leave everything behind, I'm going to take care of you, but guess what else? I'm going to bless all the people of the earth because of your obedience. I mean, that's just an enormous promise. In fact, N.T. Wright, who's a scholar um, of the Bible, says this. He says, Abram and his wife, Sarah, they didn't necessarily just hear this crazy voice in the sky from some strange being that said, go, and they just decided to go and leave everything. They had discovered this God to be someone who was absolutely trustworthy. And when that God said go, they knew that these promises he was giving them, that he would follow through. God promised that he would care for them. Now, this next verse blows me away. So go to Genesis 12, verse 4, and look what happens. So Abram sat down and made a bunch of lists of pros and cons and weighed out all the options and talked to all his friends and tried to decide which... Oh, sorry, that's not what it says. Look at verse 4. So Abram went. He went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, I think this is one of the most powerful statements in the entire Bible. God says, go, Abraham goes, and he leaves everything. But there's more in this one little sentence that I have to show you, and some of you guys know that I love maps. So here we go. Are you ready? Okay, so um, this is a, a map of the ancient world. The line, if you follow, actually, I forgot I have a little light. If you follow all the way down here, this is Ur. This is where Abram starts out. And he leaves from Ur, and it tells us in Genesis 11, right before this, he travels with his father's family to Haran. You'll find that in Genesis 11:31. Guess what? 630 miles. Now today, if you're a really good hiker, 
like you can probably conquer like 20 miles a day. Okay, so for this 630 mile part of the journey, maybe 31.5 days. That's a long walk, okay? The second one, Genesis 12, 4 through 6, it tells us that he left Haran and came down in here. And right here, this area is the land of Israel as we know it today and the promised land as it's called in the Bible, the land that God will show him. He travels all the way down here to Shechem. And guess what? It's another 400 miles. 20 days if you're doing 20 miles a day, okay? The third part of the journey, as we keep reading in Genesis 12, 8 through 10, he goes from Shechem down to Baal, down to Beersheba and the Negev, eventually down to Egypt, and he comes back another 200 miles. 10 days, okay? So the total trip that Abram takes is 1,230 miles. By the way, did you catch how old he was? 75. He was 75 years old. He didn't have a car, he didn't have an airplane, he didn't have a bus or a train or any of those things. He had his feet. Now, we were doing some figuring about this this week. If we were to take a trip from Grand Valley State University all the way down to Fort Myers, Florida by foot, it would be 1,280 miles, about the same distance. Google tells me that it would take 421 hours to walk, if you're walking. Um, And I I divided that up by the days just so we would know. It's 18 days straight, no sleeping, right? Just walk from here to Fort Myers, Florida, no sleeping, 18 days straight. And you would have the distance that Abram covered in his journey. At 75 years old, nonetheless, and when we were living in Jerusalem, uh, Ben and I asked one of our professors, we were studying in Jerusalem, and we asked him, when Abram made this journey, how fast do you think he was going? And I'll never forget his answer. As fast as his sheep would graze. This was a slow, long, hard journey. Not only did he leave everything behind, but it took great effort and it was not easy. It was very, very hard. Now, my question is why does God have to move him? Right? Why does he want him to go and why to this place? Because actually, Location matters, and I think location matters in the story. So back to our map, this little area right here is the land of Israel, Palestine today, also the promised land or the land of Canaan throughout the Bible. And um, scholars like to call it the land between. You can even write that down if you're taking notes, the land between. The reason is it was a land bridge right in the middle of Africa, Asia, and Europe, and everyone passed through here. I'll show you another map. This is that same map of Abram's journeys. Well, this was also an international highway that ran, guess what, right through the land between. Because everybody always passed through it, these big empires in the north, big empires in the south, they're always fighting over this little land bridge. Everybody wants to own this land. Remember how we're still fighting over this land today? It's been going on since ancient times. Everyone wants to control it. So guess what? God wants to put his story in a place where the entire world is going to pass through. Remember we talked about Abram and his name changing. In Genesis chapter 17, God says, Your name is Abram, which means exalted father. Very interesting. He didn't have any sons yet. He said, I'm going to change your name to father of many, Abraham. Because you're going to be the father of my people. Location matters. 
God wants to put his story in the middle of the middle of the middle of the middle of the world. In a place where his people would be tested, in a place where his love for them would be seen by the entire ancient world. In a place where everyone would pass by. It's with great purpose that God asked Abram to go there. Location matters. So, the next big question, and it was actually our first question. Why did Abram go? Why did he go? If you remember back to week one, we talked about faith. The hope of what's to come. The assurance of things not yet seen. Do you remember when Tanner was reading and we talked about the action words in Hebrews 11 about Abram? It says he was looking forward. He was looking forward. Abram's faith was about looking forward to the things that God might do, to God's story. Abram's faith was about letting go of all the things he held dear, his identity, his security, his comfort. Abram's faith was about letting go of the ways his family or his culture told him his life should go. Abram's faith was about trusting God with everything. And here's the crux of it, you guys. Abram's faith was about understanding that God's plan for his life was bigger and greater and more majestic than Abram's plan for himself. God had way more for him than he could ever imagine. So here's my question for you. If you believed this, if you believed that God's plan for you was bigger than your plan for yourself, what would you be willing to do? What would you be willing to leave behind? It's a hard question. I could tell you countless stories, (laughs) countless stories, of my life, things that I thought were going to go one way or should go away or I really wanted to go a certain way. And God really had a different idea. And I really didn't like that until he showed me. So I'm going to give you one example. Right after college, I worked at Spring Hill Camps for several years and also in Young Life. And I was working with lots of kids and doing a lot of amazing camping stuff and really in love with that. And I thought, this is it for me. This is what I'm going to do forever and ever and ever. It's going to be awesome. But on the side, I was also like playing some guitar. And so God started to show me like, hey, you know what? It's time to put down youth ministry and go lead worship somewhere. And I didn't know where. So I started looking all over for jobs. You guys know how that goes. Like looking for opportunities. I finally found this job in Surprise, Arizona, really far away, out of the snow. So that's awesome. Um, and I started to interview. And I made it into like the three, third or fourth round of interviews. And I had great synergy with the pastor and our missions aligned. And it looked really exciting. The pastor was in Michigan one time. I met him for coffee. This thing was like looking like this is it. Like I'm leaving all this stuff behind and I'm going to go lead worship and this is God's plan. It's so great. I'm moving to Arizona. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call one day and that church just said, yeah, you're not, you're not the one. Sorry. We're not going to hire you. And I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. I was completely like dumbfounded. Like this was not 
what I thought the plan was. And it sent me reeling a bit. Now, something really interesting happened this summer. I ran into that pastor at a wedding 13 years later. You know, we got talking, and he goes, hey, tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me what has happened in 13 years. And I started to tell him. Uh, I started to tell him how I ended up leading worship at a church here in West Michigan. It brought me here from up north. And then I told him, oh, shoot. I told him about Israel, that I got to take my first trip to Israel, um, that I got to go study there for two years, and that was pretty cool. And because of that, I ended up with a husband, and that was really cool. And then that husband and I adopted two awesome little boys that we love like crazy, and you guys love them too, so that's really fun. Um, and then, lo and behold, I got this incredible job at Campus Ministry where I get to live my life with you guys. And just for the record, there's no greater job on the planet, I'm convinced, than hanging out with you guys. And I started to say all this to him and realize, wow, God's plan for me was enormous and I had no idea. I wanted to go to Arizona. That was crazy. I'm so glad I'm here. Are you kidding me? I'm so glad I'm here. But I couldn't tell that then. I couldn't see that then, right? We can all name lots of things that we don't want to let go of. Things that we hold dear, right? Like relationships and our education and our major and our plan or maybe even our family's plan for us. But why do we hold on so tight? We hold on so tight because our eyes are like on ourselves, right? We're looking at our story and our hopes and our dreams and forgetting that God has something big for us. Something way bigger than we could ever dream for ourselves. Lechlecha. God said that to Abraham, and he went to a faraway land. God said that to Brad and Shallon, and they're on their way to a faraway land. And sometimes the going takes a lot of hurt and pain and separation and loss, but we don't know the half of what's coming. I'm going to ask Tanner to come back up, and he's going to share another text with us this is what happens in the, in the text after Hebrews 11. So I just want you to listen. And I want you to remember the call of Abram to go. And I want you to remember Lech Lecha. And I want you to remember that Abram was looking forward. And listen to this from Hebrews chapter 12. Flip it on. There you go. Hebrews 12. through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Tanner. I've had a lot of conversations with some of you guys this week. And I know that even in this room tonight, there are some broken hearts. There is some disappointment. There's some confusion. Like, God, what are you doing? This is not how I thought it was supposed to go. And I just want to tell you, I want Abraham to tell you tonight 
that God has a bigger plan for your life than you could ever dream. If you would lachlicha, if you would go forth, if you would follow him like Abraham, he'll blow you away. He'll take care of you. He'll fulfill his promises to you. And he'll show you great things. God's story on display in your life. God's glory on display in your life. Would you pray with me?